This is the Best Boys Podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello and welcome to WWE SmackDown. <laughs> raw Monday nights, it's raw like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Monica. Hello, Jessica. Hello, friends, family, foes, co-workers. Everything in between, really. Everything in between. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I actually did something really rare. What'd you do? I watched the movie like two minutes before we filmed. This is true. I walked walked into Monica's house this evening and she was 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And it was only uh 40 minutes later that i finished it or Cor- correct 50 maybe 60 how long is it? it's like a 90 yeah i think 90 so. minute film yeah tight 90 i think hour 49 is what i remember it being i think it was 148 but hour 48 whatever but you know what do i know frankly whatever. details details that's what i am said i'm monica how are you what's going on you know in your life i'm doing well i'm doing well um honestly not much but like in a good way we had a Halloween party. I was just about to say, we had a Halloween party on Saturday. And so it's been like a nice come down since then. Yeah, it was um, very fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of friends come yeah, and enjoy. Believe it or not, Monica and I have friendships outside of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Not many. Not many, but we have them. <laughs> yeah. Not many. We have them. Uh, everyone came. There was a lot of great costumes. Uh, we had a hex girl. Um, you guys dressed up as the Big Lebowski. Yeah, the dude and Walter. Yeah. From the Big Lebowski. You dressed up as the Big Lebowski. <laughs> you were, uh, what's her name? I was Lilu from Lilu. The Fifth Element. And Aaron was a Ghostbuster. And Aaron was a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So Hollow Weekend was definitely very, very eventful. Yes. Um, did that. Next day, woke up, ate a bagel, came back cleaned up it took me like hours to clean up did it really yeah how the floor was do not shake your head the floor was sticky (laughs) aaron's like no concept of time like the floor was sticky as fuck which i didn't realize until i like walked downstairs and like walked barefoot and then i was like you know when like the like the naked bottoms of your feet like touch I don't the hear like you say the phrase naked bottom the naked bottoms of your feet like touch the floor and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like pulling at your skin and you're like yeah, what's happening to me <laughs> or nor am i spiderman can i walk on the <laughs> can i walk on the ceiling on the walls <laughs> pew pew you should have tried i should have but i realized it was probably because there was like spilled things on the yeah, floor most likely we also had like so much leftover dessert it was ridiculous yeah i still have some in my fridge it's actually insane but everyone came it was great someone brought crumble cookies i'd never oh, had any they were really good they were really really good um it was a good time and then on monday evening i went and i took my nephew out trick-or-treating I had forgotten like what it was like to like trick or treat as a child. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's a marathon. It's pretty <laughs> magical as well. I have to show you um, a picture of my nephew on Halloween. Yeah. My nephew's 10 and he dressed up as a banana. <laughs> Look good to me. Oh, adorable. Did he? Oh, no. Did he dress up as a? He's a Dalmatian. He's a Dalmatian. A Dalmatian. Yeah. And then this one is regrettably dressed up like a police officer. But oh, it's all no. right. A cab. <laughs> <laughs> 
even that little one. But he, he's having fun, you know? Yeah. He doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't know he's part of, part of a systemic problem. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Adorable. Ooh. Speaking of police officers. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, as you guys have heard. He called the police on you? N- no. He dressed up as a Ghostbuster. And on the night of Halloween, when we went out, uh, took my nephew the banana trick or treating. Uh, he ran. We all ran into this other Ghostbuster that was busting on the street. Oh, it was a baby, wasn't a it? A baby Ghostbuster, baby Buster. And he was doing a much better job than Aaron was. Ugh, Aaron, pick I mean, up the slack. this is what I'm saying. Like our officers out pick on these streets, up. they're trying to patrol, but they're not patrolling. They're not doing their jobs. They're not doing their jobs. Defund the Ghostbusters. Defund Ghostbusters. <laughs> Defund it all. Aaron is about to do a spit take. I'm just saying. Swallow it. <laughs> A gab. <laughs> All Ghostbusters are bad. Ag-bab. Ag-bab. All Ghostbusters are bastards. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not to take anything away from the A cab movement, but Agbab is really funny. It's just funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is. And we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the show. Monica, who are we talking about today? We're talking about For someone. This month. Frankly, I'm we've been waiting to do her. Yeah. We've been watching her slowly rise throughout yeah, the couple yeah, yeah. of years that Lot we've been doing. Cream this. to the top. No, literally. Like yeah. like like a thick, luxurious cream. Like clotted cream from England. Exactly like clotted cream. <laughs> <laughs> and so out emerges from the cream a beautiful lady and her name is Florence Pugh. Miss Flo. Miss Flo. To her friends. Uh, Stop what you're doing right now. Pause our podcast. Go to YouTube. Type in Florence Pugh eats things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll get this video. Maybe. I don't know. But you'll get this video uh, that's Florence Pugh trying like different dishes from Vogue do it. Yeah, it was Vogue. Yeah. She tries. And I think she's wearing I think she might be wearing Dior. But like she's eating a bunch of dishes like English dishes like a full English and like a bubbling squeak and a bunch like Scottish egg like a bunch of other stuff. And I. It is one of the most entertaining, like, yeah, little yeah. supplemental promotional videos. It's pretty incredible. You know, and I personally, like, indulge in the occasional, like, supplemental promotional video. Right. That celebrity. they tend yeah. to be the funniest. They tend to be the funniest. Celebrities will put them out or, like, their their teams will right. put them out. They're funny. It's like, uh, it's like you know, when, when folks go on hot ones or, like, do these, like, what this person eats in a day or, like, whatever. I actually think that they're really fucking good. Yeah. They're way better, honestly, than watching an interview. Like, just a straight interview. Thousand percent better. To the intern at Vogue who raised their hand and said, what if we just had them eat things? Oh, my God. I I owe you my life. I hope you got a raise. I will name my firstborn after you. And if you didn't, Anna Wintour, I'm coming for you. Honestly. Is she still the editor, editor-in-chief? Um, Yeah, 
<laughs> okay. I not I'm for long. Sure I think she not for long. she probably has sway regardless. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So honestly, like, go watch that. But back to this though. Once yes. you're so great, that's wonderful. You've returned from watching that video. I hope you had a good laugh. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back, back to the back, show. Back to the show. Um, I <laughs> am personally very excited about Florence Pugh. Yeah. A big reason is because she's like this really like no nonsense yet also wickedly hilarious person. Yes. Um, also, she's only six months younger than me. It's actually insane. And it, I love her, but I hate her for that. It boggles my, she's so successful. Yeah. She's so, she, she even like broke into the fucking Marvel universe. Yeah. Isn't that insane? In a non-annoying way. She's a Brit. And she's in the Marvel movie. Playing, uh, what's her name, Natasha or no, something? No, that's the red one. That's oh, the that's red the one. red one. I'm sorry. She's the blonde one. What's what's her name? Yelena. 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 She is hilarious. Russian accent. She's yes, so funny. She's Marvel. I love her. She's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> um, she basically came onto the scene uh, she was in a few movies in, in Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, including Lady Macbeth. And then she kind of like petered over here to the States. Yeah. And the movie that we're going to talk about tonight is like her first big thing in the US. In like, the States. Because she had yeah. done so much in her home country. See. Came over here and decided, you know what? Things look a little stale around here. I'm going to come over here, cross the little wee pond. Yeah. I'm going to put my boots in the little wee sand and I'm going to come and give him a little baby show. Yeah. And you know what she did? She did. She uh, really did. Sh- and I want to get something out of the way before we get into this month of pew. We are not talking about little women. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys. We talked we talked about it like extensively. Uh in we did a Greta Gerwig episode back in the day of the pod. Excellent episode, one of our longest, I Honestly, think. Honestly, like an hour and a half. Frankly, I think it's one of my, I think Greta and Guillermo are my two favorite episodes. They're also our, young, our longest ones. They're also our longest ones. Guillermo is number one for longest. Yeah, and that one's like two. almost two hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might even be two hours it's long. It's an hour 40, I, I don't fucking know. It's yeah. too long for anyone to listen to. <laughs> but anyway, we talk extensively about that in, about her in that. In Little Women, the Greta Gerwig exactly. episode. So I would listen to that, but- Granted, you're going to be like, but Jessica, you've already redone some movies. And I'm going to say, you're right. We have. And we would do that again, except she's had a lot of other movies come out yes. in the past like couple years yes. that I think that we have never talked about that deserve our attention. They're worthy. Plus, the only thing I have left to say about Little Women is how fucking amazing she is. And that's all you need to know. Exactly. She is incredible. The fact that she's able to play like a, child but also an adult but look the same the whole time amazing it's she ridiculous. does like knocks it out of the park job there's a reason she was nominated for an oscar for that Fact small facts for that tiny role yes yes <sighs> we love her yeah so that was so weird. that we're getting that out of the way yeah and now we get into this movie which is her first this is what brought her onto the scene in the u.s this movie is called fighting with my family came out in 2019 I'll introduce it. Why not? <laughs> I was like, you're already doing it. What you doing now? I was going to ask. And then I started doing it. It's Just fine. Just do, do the thing. Written and directed by Stephen Merchant. Amazing. 
Born into a tight-knit wrestling family, Paige, played by Florence Pugh, and her brother Zach are ecstatic when they get the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try out for the WWE. But when only Paige earns a spot in the competitive training program, she must leave her loved ones behind and face this new cutthroat world alone. Paige's journey pushes her to dig deep and ultimately prove to the world that what makes her different is the very thing that can make her a star. A star, baby. A star. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the WWE is the wrestling weeble of entertainment. The world wrestling. <laughs> the world wide web. <sighs> the world wrestling establishment. Entertainers of company. Um, wait, what is what does WWE stand for? World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated. Okay, so I was kind of right. Kind of, yeah. M- most We're close. Mm, less right than usual, most right than sometimes. It's weird because it's not like an athletics organization. It's like an entertainment company. Yeah. Which is odd. Well, I don't think it's that odd because from from what I understand, wrestling, like that kind of wrestling is like about the performance. Right. It's not about like the skill. Or well, I mean, this it is, takes skill. This but is like, something else that I don't understand about wrestling specifically because it is, they say specifically in this movie, it's not staged, it's rehearsed. Yeah. But there are matches. Yeah. That they don't know who's going to win at the end. Yeah. Sometimes so, they do. Sometimes they do. Okay, but like not all the time. Not all the no. Like when they're competing for titles and things like that. Yeah. So like how is it rehearsed? Well like the moves are rehearsed, but not with the person that's sometimes against. Like twenty minutes before they let people in, sometimes they'll like go out and, you know, throw each other around. But how do they then not know who's gonna win? I don't know. Frankly, the entire thing is very elusive. Okay. If you're a wrestling expert and you care to explain this to me, explain it to me. Here's the thing. I'm not bothered. I almost see... Okay. Actually, this just came to me right now. And honestly, thank you, Brain. It might be like... You know how dancers Uh have like an established training and they like understand like certain moves? Right. And then when you go to like an improv dance class Mm -hmm. and like they put you in like doubles or whatever and you're able to like improvise off of each other because you both have like similar training and like understand okay they're gonna do this dance move oh that means i can do this dance move right i think it might be like that i agree but this is just it's like literally battle like people get injured they do they they like break their necks and shit so my question is like Got it. Okay. <clears throat> How, Aaron just sent in this tip from an anonymous source. As in other professional wrestling promotions, WWE shows are not legitimate contests, but entertainment-based performance theater featuring storyline-driven, scripted, and partially choreographed matches. However, matches often include moves that can put performers at risk of injury, even death, if not performed correctly. The predetermined aspect of professional wrestling was publicly acknowledged by WWE's owner, Vince Mayon. I think it's McMahon. McMahon. In 1989, in order to avoid taxes from athletic commissions. That still doesn't answer my question. No, it's exactly what I just said. But they're like all dancers. They're basically all dancers. Does that mean that? The winners are predetermined. Sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's confusing. So it's like they all learn certain moves 
They all uh-huh. practice them with each other and then get on get into the ring. But sometimes, or like, do they just not know which move is going to take out the other person that night? Yeah, basically. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. I don't know. Anyway, hop on the deck and flop like a fish. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Okay, so Miss Miss Pew, she is Paige, aka Soraya. 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 Um, like her mom's name. So unnecessary backstory her mother was also a professional wrestler yeah as was her father and florence Pugh is playing a real person in this yes, film this is a true story this is based on a true story they did take some liberties on like the ad the, there, there are like a ton of inaccuracies on like how she came to be who she was sure. but this is for entertainment value if you want to watch something factual Watch that documentary that apparently Dwayne The Rock Johnson watched that caused him to call his close personal friend, Stephen Merchant, to make this movie. (laughs) So maybe do that. But basically, Florence Pugh plays this woman named Raya, and she has a mother named Soraya, who was a professional wrestler, is no longer, and is just currently running her, like, family's wrestling, like, kids wrestling competition program camp school thing yeah. alongside her husband who is an ex-convict a man uh named ricky <laughs> and he is also like a professional wrestler and yes. you know co-owner of this camp thing and basically what they do is they drive around in their van and pick up kids <laughs> to take them back to their wrestling match well because they run the world association of wrestling which is not a world globally recognized institution but they hope it will be one day like they're like this is their goal but essentially it's more like a wrestling club it's like if you buy an emmy off of the internet and like put it up and go one day yeah it's the same concept they're they're basically preparing for their future that i don't think ever it's a little bit like us addressing our fans yes when we have none (laughs) yeah no exactly five Agreed. You know, it's like that. It's it's exactly like that. So, so in a way, doing this movie is really fitting, Monica. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But anyway, they run this wrestling club. Everyone's a wrestler. Florence Pugh, aka Soraya, aka Brittany, aka Paige. <laughs> she has like seven different names. She and her brother Zach Zodiac. Zach Zodiac, baby. <laughs> they get the they like their parents had taped them and they submitted a tape to the WWE to get into the training program to potentially be put on like their first lineup or whatever. Yeah, because there's like some kind of I don't know. I uh, frankly I do not know how like nominations for the WWE yeah. like happen. There's this thing called NXT that she ends up at that I'm assuming is like a training yeah, I program. Think it's a training program. Um so she essentially gets picked by Vince Vaughn, yeah. who is magically in this movie. Yeah. It is so refreshing to see his face. Yeah, he he delivers a lot of the the yokes. He give he's giving dodgeball he really he's is giving dodgeball <laughs> he's giving me like coach but doesn't really care but does care vibes yeah, yeah, yeah. so good he uh yes and yes he delivers a lot of the yolks in this movie there yeah. are very few that are like with signature vince von dry expressionless exactly fashion. so good yeah so she she gets picked to go to nxt and her brother does not and he's yes. like gutted he's like absolutely gutted he's about like fuck it. man this fucking hurts yeah, me yeah because they're from norwich what they say about a 
hundred times in this movie. They, mm, I would say maybe two hundred. Yeah, perhaps they're from Norwich, England, and um, she gets picked and he doesn't. And then, as you can guess, she rises to fame and she like becomes the divas champion, which is like that is the female championship in wrestling. I uh, apparently, I'm assuming. Can you tell that we literally know nothing? And the thing is, is like. I grew up in the era when WWE was like really, really popular for the boys, right, right. but it was for the boys. Yeah. Like, cause what, he's dangerous. It's fucking, what the fuck do I, like, what do I want to do with it? See. Nothing. I don't want it. Nothing. I want to read me Pride and Prejudice. I want to sit in Norwich. I want to live my wrestle. life. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing too. She puts on this like Northern accent. Yeah, this Northern England accent. Because she's from the North. Yeah, because I think in real life she's from Oxford. Yeah, and she has this like, this like really great, wonderful deep voice. And she has this like really direct accent. She's like bubbling squeak. (laughs) And then in here she pronounces her R's and it really threw me for a loop. Yeah, it really throws you. But back, back to her like general performance about like what makes this special. Because- I mean, Monica and I are not going to lie to you. This movie isn't like, it's not like uber special, but it's important to talk about, I think, because it is Florence's like first intro to like Hollywood, Hollywood cinema. And the movie was like pretty well received as being like a very heartwarming, um, like underdog story. And it's well made and Honestly, it's well acted. It's a family film. Like, frankly, it's a family film. There's obviously, like, language. I think language is the only thing that really stops this from being, like, a true, like, you could literally watch this with your entire family. Or perceive wrestling to be violence. So either or. But, like, it's really, like, she could not have picked a better movie to come to America with. Yeah. Um, I... I think that there's that she had so much guts in taking this project because number one, I don't actually believe that she like watched wrestling or knew about wrestling. (laughs) She clearly has to adopt a very different look, a very different swagger, Mm -hmm. a very different style. She has like Florence Pugh is a very specific way about her. And as she kind of came into her own here in the States and we got to see a little bit more of her, we sort of like understand that her typical style is like very direct, very like subdued with like bits of these like really explosive emotional performances that Mm -hmm. we don't really get to see too, too often. Yeah. Except in those like literally Oscar nominated little baby moments that she has that she gets to display. But like, here in this film she does so much of those little tiny explosive moments yeah and it was really honestly lovely to watch yeah it's it's really lovely to like have fallen in love with florence post this movie like without having seen this movie and then go back and watch this movie and be like wow this is so unlike anything she's ever done when like this is really kind of one of the first things that she did that people remember her for and it's a, it's not like anything else because it's not this like filmy film. She doesn't, you know, she's not sporting her blonde hair, et cetera. She looks very different. It's a very physical role. There's it's, no Florence frown in this movie. No. She doesn't do the, the- She does it a little bit at the end when she finally wins. Oh yeah, when yeah, she finally she's wins, like, she's like, 
this is more house now. I am a freak from Norwich, England. And then she does the Florence frown. But I would call it like a like a mini it's a half frown, a half frown, mini yeah. flow frown. Yeah, a, a half crescent, if yeah, you will. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, no. In this movie, she really channels this like really misunderstood kid that just wants to be with her family mm-hmm. because frankly the movie tells us from the fucking get-go that she this is like not her dream no like this is not what she wants to do with her life she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life but it's like literally not wrestling she really only enjoys it because it allows her mm-hmm. to be close with her family it allows her like the little bit of escape from the reality of her life and she does a really beautiful job of like letting the audience in just enough so that we really relate to her, mm-hmm. but pushes us away enough with her like really gritty, the gritty portions of her performance that allow us to like still see her as almost like an animal in a cage where we're like, that's beautiful, but also I don't want to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to bot me. <laughs> no, totally. Like, I really love seeing her be very like physical and aggressive and like very tough and kind of like down and dirty, but knowing that it's her facade, like it's what she puts on so that she can be a wrestler essentially. But behind the scenes, she is just like a girl who loves her family and is doing this because it makes her feel connected. And like, that's where the heart of this movie comes in. But this movie also just made me think about like the wider argument of like family films not being regarded as like good movies, Yeah, you know, which is disappointing because sure, they're not like, they're not making you think a lot, no. but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, bad. I mean, like, Stephen Merchant wrote this movie. Exactly. And it's going to be good. Yeah. And there are good <laughs> actors in it. And like, her performance is great and it's very like grounded and it's rooted in something I think a lot of people can relate to, but she is like, it's kind of flipping it on its head because it's about a female wrestler and it's starring a girl that like not a ton of people know about. And so she's like very unassuming as well, which I think contributes to like the, the, the point of the story in general. It's really crazy because we, no one really knew who Florence Pugh was when this movie came out and no one knew who Paige was mm-hmm. in the beginning of this story. And that towards the end, you figure out, oh shit, this girl has something really, really special. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I think it's really magical that her first or one of her first films here in the States like was as her introduction was so like reflective of her as an actual human being and as mm-hmm. an actor here in Hollywood and seeing her now star in movies like Don't Worry Darling mm-hmm. and Little Women are, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just fucking insane to see someone go from essentially being completely unknown here to being at this point in time, like a household name. Yeah. It's kind of bonkers bananas. Yeah, I mean, this movie came out. She like literally caught on fire. This was in tw- as- guys. This came out in 2019. This came out in 2019, the same year that Little Women came out. The same year that Midsummer came out. Literally, she had a fantastic year. It was the year of Pew. Actually, though, <laughs> and the thing is, is like she was in her early 20s and. She's still in her 20s now. <laughs> yeah. She was literally what? 22? 22. 23 20. when those movies came out? Yeah. And now she's 
almost 30. Yeah, even she's six months younger than me, Monica. Yeah. So let's calm down. Almost 30. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm 27, you bitch. Almost 30. I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It makes me feel really, this is going to sound like stupid and cheesy and disgusting, but Whatever. it makes me feel really it. like hopeful mm-hmm. for Hollywood in general because- yeah. Honestly, you guys, I was feeling really discouraged for a long time. I'm still feeling very discouraged. By the lack of like movie stars. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that like, oh, there are no movie stars. The world's gonna fucking No, but end. we've talked about this before. There's none in the way that there used to be. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry. I don't want to see Harry Styles become the next Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, he won't. He won't because he's Harry Styles. Yeah. yeah. But like- Florence Pugh has the ability to become like the next fucking Meryl Streep. Yeah, I mean, she absolutely does. But this also just speaks to like how the industry has changed in general. So much. It's now, now there's this thing of like, it's Florence Pugh, yes, could be the next Meryl Streep, but she'll be one of like 10 Meryl Streeps. Totally. Whereas there's only one Meryl, there's only one everyone else who's at the same There's status. only one Viola Davis even now. Yeah, there's only one Nicole Kidman. There's only one fucking Julianne Moore. There, Facts. You know, all of these people, there's only one. And now because the market is so oversaturated. Oh God, like yeah. Like the industry is just the... the rate at which we are churning out content now with like technology and social media, et cetera, is genuinely kind of sickening to me at least. Totally. I, I mean, I sound like, I sound like an old man. I sound like fucking, um, what's his face in <laughs> Arthur Abbott in the holiday. Yes. Like in my day, I remember when they released one picture a month and, and now, <laughs> And now they report box office sales like baseball score, you know? I'm literally sitting here doing that, but it's fucking true. Like, we're making too much content and it allows, like, yeah, it's giving success to a lot of people, which I'm totally for. But also, I miss, like, the glamour and the excitement that came with there being fewer movie stars. And so you got so excited when one of their movies came out. That's the thing is, like, when you put people in a movie, you automatically just go, what's the next thing? Yeah. And that's really not part of the excitement of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Part of the excitement of Hollywood is going, oh my gosh, my favorite actor is going to be in a movie. It's coming in a year. The A year goes by. You go, oh my gosh, my favorite actor is in this movie. I'm going to buy a ticket. You buy a ticket. You go to the movie theater. You go, oh my gosh, my favorite actor is about to come on screen. Two hours later, you walk out of the movie theater and go, oh my God. That was amazing. And then you do not hear from them again. (laughs) Until until all of a sudden you see a poster or a trailer or an announcement and you go, wow, like this person's in another movie. This Daniel Day-Lewis, sir, is in another movie. Let me go watch that, right? And now you have so many, so, so, so many actors and so many content creators that are now being featured in films and so many like musicians being featured in films. People are there not to say that like folks don't deserve these roles or deserve these opportunities, but it's almost like it's on us Mm -hmm. for making everything so 
oversaturated yeah. and so crazy that like now there's nothing that's really precious anymore. Yeah, there's far less opportunity to be unique, yeah. which then makes it even harder on these people who are in all of this content, et cetera. Yeah. Because yeah, they're getting paid, but like, then what? I just, I really <laughs> think it would be different if like the quality of the content that people were turning out mm-hmm. was better. I agree. But because it's like, when people are coming out with all of these films and, and we want all these films to be blockbusters or all of these films to be specific f- types of films, then they all suck. Because yeah. part of what makes film shot on fucking digital. Literally. No one wants to pay and take time to do something on film anymore. It's crazy because Sorry. part of <laughs> what makes filmmaking so special is frankly the, the inspiration and the competition. Yeah. And that's, that. that's literally what's missing right now. And that's what makes me so angry is that, I mean, these motherfuckers used to sit back and be like, oh, that motherfucker just released the creamiest film in the world. Mm-hmm. That's inspiring me to make this other film. Yeah. And I'm going to top that. And then I'm going to top that. And then I'm going to like, people are not just topping themselves. They're topping each other. They're mm-hmm. topping generations before. Like the entire point of filmmaking is visual innovation like how do we move a story forward visually how can we like suck people into storytelling more and more and like with the invention of like cgi and better better visuals Mm -hmm. um better like people learned better tricks for cinematography invented like new new camera rigs new dollies like there are there was so much innovation behind making a movie yeah it's almost like you're any every time you make a film you only get people for that hour and a half. You only get people for those two hours. That's it. You're putting you're you're putting millions of dollars into two hours of yeah. someone's life. That's it. You get one fucking shot, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because people used to think that that was like it was almost like it's life and death. Yeah, like I'm gonna give it my all, and if it tanks, it tanks. If people like it, they like it. If people don't, they don't. Like th- this is it. Yeah. This is my contribution to society. Yeah. And we as the public, we as an audience decide what's relevant to us and what's not. And that's that. And that's like the game of filmmaking. But I think right now there's so much content out there that that game is be it's like there are too many kings in the candy land. Well, it's tr- it's true, but it uh, is also such it's such a complex argument. Like there's no way for us to get into all of it because on the other hand, there is so much saturation one because of technology and like social media, et cetera, but and also access. because of accessibility and yeah. accessibility is huge because before the only people who could access it were like mostly rich white people. Amen. And those are the, oh, those are also the only people given opportunities. And so now that it's more accessible, we have like, you know, we're able to extend to people of more classes and ethnicities and races, et cetera, et cetera, which is amazing. And I'm so glad that those people have voices now but also more is now more and it's frustrating. I think it's not, I think, yes, I'm really glad that- It's not that, those people saturating the market. I no, want to exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, I was literally about to say, I think it's not about different stories or like underrepresented mm-hmm. stories, quote unquote, like now that they've come on, come onto the scene, like- No, no, it's blah, not blah, because blah. of them. I'm just saying accessibility is like a tough argument. Totally. I think it's also because like, streaming has has gotten so insane Ugh, yes that it's like <laughs> i'm talking we're, i think what you're trying to say is like that accessibility yeah. of like the accessibility for someone to just sit in their house and go hmm 
What can I watch today? Let me pick from two million different options. Well, it's it's both accessibilities because now I'm like everyone has a fucking smartphone and anyone can make a movie and I'm totally for you exploring creatively, but on top of everyone making a fucking movie, all of these streaming services, because they want more content, more content, more content, they will buy your shitty movie that your fucking little brother made on his iPhone that I'm sorry, I love your little brother, but maybe he shouldn't have made a movie. Like, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's very quick sidebar. There's a film that was shot on, a, on an iPhone called Tangerine. That's actually a really, really good movie. There, yeah, Check there, I mean, there are great movies. This is the double-edged sword. This exactly. is what I'm talking about. This is, this is why we could argue about this forever. But I also <laughs> think that like, I think that even though we have made such incredible strides in putting more underrepresented voices right. on screen in front of and behind the camera, I also think that we're literally not doing enough because frankly, we are like, we're picking the wrong movies. That's what, I, yes. We are literally giving money <laughs> to make the wrong movies. The market is oversaturated with the wrong shit. Exactly. And yeah. like all of the good shit, like, oh my God. You guys, we got everything everywhere all at once. Facts. But we also got Doctor Strange and the multiplicity of madness <laughs> and then the other things and many universes. We got that too. And yep. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. we need more of the other things. <laughs> we need more of the Daniels. Mm -hmm. We need more of Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to do this insane fucking role. Yes. And what the fuck? Like, yeah. I think it's really about just looking, taking a really hard look at what is out there and making a really conscious effort to see we control who makes movies mm -hmm. with our money, with our cash dollars. Like we just have to be a little bit more selective and make that extra effort. And like, does it suck that now it's on the consumer? Absolutely. But this is how it is right now. And I think we have a really strong ability to go, hmm, do I go watch the newest Marvel movie or do I go watch Tar starring Kate Blanchett? I'm going to go do that. But Monica, I'm not going to get into this argument, but then you get on top of it of like, then there's the superiority factor of not everyone wants their entertainment to be something that makes them think. I know. Some people want mindless shit. Some people not, want Aquaman. And frankly, I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but I also don't understand them. And this is, this is a giant argument. All in all, Florence Pugh gives us hope. It's why the rom-com died. Bro. It's literally that. why the rom-com died. Yes. Because the market wasn't there. Because they decided that the market wasn't there. Because people weren't fucking buying tickets to go see rom-coms. And now they are making a comeback. I know. And this is what we've been waiting for. They are, but they're not good enough yet. They're, they're getting there, though. They're, they're getting, getting there, but they're not good enough we yet. We just saw a really fire trailer the other day Facts, we did with Jim. It's a Jim Parsons movie. Yeah, very unexpected. Sad. It looks adorable. It looks sad and too. And I will go see it. Looks it like someone's going to die, Monica. I feel like someone might die, but it's going to be okay. I mean, it's literally called spoiler alert. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All this to say, I can't, I need to see Florence Pugh in a, in a rom-com. Facts. She would be incredible yeah. in a fucking rom-com. Facts, facts, facts. So frankly, I think this being a jumping off point for Miss Flo. Yeah. Endless possibilities. I agree. And if you join us on this month, on this parade of flow. This month of pew. <laughs> this time of this time of the month. Flow. <laughs> if you join us on this parade and of flow. It's an all month long visit from Aunt Flow. You really and I'm s <laughs> I can't. 
I fucking can't. You're welcome. Too many period mid fools. <laughs> Frankly, this is a beautiful jumping off point for Miss Hello. And I agree. it's really only up from here. And she's honestly here to save Hollywood. And that's the title of this episode. And that's that on that. <laughs> Florence Pugh is here to save Hollywood. Literally. Done. Done. Got it. All right. Well, who's the best boy? Uh, best boy. LA unit. Gregory Doy. And I'm sorry if that's not how you say your last name. And I said it wrong. Gregory. Best boy. LA unit. Number two. David L. Will. And just best boy. No qualifier. James Kennedy. We love you guys. Thanks for making this movie. <laughs> Monica. You're the best. You're the best, Jessica. Good night. Good night.